Welcome to that podcast with Sammy Rye, and this is going to be a special week. I just had a hallucinating experience. <laughs> I had an eye-opening experience, and I'm going to record the podcast right now, right? So uh, it's 7 a.m. It is uh, Tuesday, November 2nd, when I record this. I just had an amazing dream I woke up from. I then did... um. When I did this basically like psychologic, uh, psychedelic experience that you can do that I'm going to talk about more with your cell phone. You can try it for free. Um, there's a yearly subscription and a monthly subscription. I highly recommend at least trying one month. I signed up for it immediately once I actually did it. I had the app on my phone for maybe a year. I must have come across it and downloaded it at some point. It's almost weird, right? Like, I don't remember downloading it. I don't remember never. I never tried the app before. And what happens is when you open the app, it wants you to do it in a completely dark space. So I I probably downloaded the app and came across it and didn't have the option to do it in a dark space and didn't remember to do it the next day. So um, the app right here, I'll just bring it up right now, is called, it's called Luminate. Right, so let me let me take a look at it real quick here. It's L U M E N A T E. I also use another app called Lucid Dream Journal. Um, I mean that one in particular, you probably can use anything you want if you're into that. But um, Luminate is the the one I want to talk about in particular. Um, not so much the app. I don't really care about the app so much. Like I don't want to make it about Luminate. It's not about that. So go back to the beginning. So I had this amazing dream. It was so real. It was so real. It felt like literally someone was speaking to me. My friend was speaking to me. Now, if you don't know who I am, you don't know Sammy Rye, I wouldn't be what you would consider a religious person, right? At least not now. I wouldn't be necessarily what you would consider a spiritual person. I love technology. um, And I find myself sometimes at odds with that. I grew up Catholic. um, And at some point, I stopped going to church. Um, then I went back to church. I went to a different kind of church, a Pentecostal kind of church. I did have what I felt at the time were some religious experiences, some spiritual experiences, I guess you would say. Um, but then I left the church too, right? I went, you know, and I've always had this this relationship with my spirituality or, you know, questioning what is this whole, the whole point of all this because I don't know, right? I guess that's the journey of life, right? You just... Sometimes things come and they go. And I've often wondered, you know, when you're older or some other point in life, are you going to then return to the source, right? Like Neo in the Matrix. Are you going to are you gonna have to come home and face that again? And I think when it comes to dealing with, you know, our own mortality uh, in life, that's a question we all have to, you know, sit down and stare at at some point. Um, and with technology... You can have all these distractions, right? You go through life and there's so many goals to chase. There's so many things to do. There's all these distractions. And then sometimes I think what I don't like is that with technology and all the amazing things it brings, it then sometimes dismisses the possibility of spirituality, the possibility of something else, right? And I'm not saying what it is and what it's not. I don't know. I'm just a guy, right? Um, We get so caught up in that argument, Right. Oh, it's my thing versus your thing. It's my religion versus your religion. It's my idea versus your idea. And it's all this noise. I think most of the time we just say, forget it. Just turn it off. Go watch something. Go play something. You know, who wants who wants to argue about that stuff? Right. I don't care. Until one day you're by yourself 
and all that noise is gone, and you have to care, right? You have to really confront it. Um, you know, I had I had an experience this week. If I'm speaking openly, honestly, with my my father, my father had a had a hospital experience. It startled everyone, obviously. Luckily, he's doing great. He's awesome. And then you know, it makes you stop. It makes you stop. My mom has been saying that recently. She's been talking about needing to stop, needing to slow down. Not saying that to me per se, but just saying that about people. Certain people are just really just talking about the concept of, you know, whatever you want to call it, slowing you down, saying, hey, you need to sit down. You need to pay attention. You need to listen. To what? I don't know. This might be kind of a ooh kind of podcast, right? Kind of like, oh, look at Sammy Raya. But I'm having an experience, and I want to share it with you guys using technology. And that's what this whole thing is is about. That's why I take away from it. Is I've always felt in my heart there's there's something in between. There's something in between spirituality and technology, spirituality and science. There's a there's something there. I think that's where there's I don't want to call it an answer. But a path, some a place worth walking down to see where it goes. And I think sometimes it's hard to to manage that, right? Because with spirituality, there's so many things already set in stone. There's so many teachings. There's so many doctrines and ways of doing things that when you get into the world of spirituality, oftentimes as you're trying to have that spiritual journey, there are humans in place. There are people in place. There are scriptures and documents in place that, that pull you away from that journey that you're on. Ultimately, you're going to face alone, right? Ultimately, we're going to we're going to finish this story by ourselves, right? And we're going to see what happens next all by ourselves. And while you're doing that journey, while you're, while you're here, there's so many institutions and things that are trying to, you know, get money from you, get your time from you, get you to help them. They're just pulling you in all these directions. And those places are important. I'm not anti those places. I'm not anti those people because those people are teachers. Those people are there to guide you and help you. And you're there to help them, right, all together. But I guess people, a lot of times, it's hard to find that teacher who isn't biased, who isn't really trying to manipulate you, um, even if they don't mean to, even if they're just doing what they think is best for whatever reasons. You know, they have probably worries and problems that they can't help but, you know, possibly nudge you in a direction that benefits them a little bit more than it benefits you sometimes. Because people get desperate. People all have problems, right? And then there's the other thing, is the science. You know, there's all these different things that you can buy and you can try and act now and do this and this new this new gimmick and this new great thing. And I think a lot of creators who invent these technologies start off with, you know, decent intentions, right? They have an idea. And then, you know, you need ads to sponsor it. You need to pay the bills, right? You need to pay for the servers. You need to pay for the technology to research, right? So you got you to gotta get some money from someone and then the compromises start, right? And then, you know, what starts off as, you know, a social media platform to talk to your friends it turns into, you know, I'm talking to my friends. Meanwhile, I'm now arguing with, you know, my cousin that I haven't seen in five years about some kind of political article that, you know, was shoved into my face at some point today. And now I've ruined some relationship 
with was someone that I otherwise probably wouldn't even have seen until the next family reunion. And I would have had a great experience with them in person. And things get lost. You're like, what was the point of that? Why why was that what this, this thing turned into? I came onto this platform to be connected with people that geographically I'm not connected with. And that's a good thing. When that's working, it's a good thing. And then it gets twisted, right? There's all these advertisements and things that you get exposed to. And then and then you do the other extreme. In both cases, you go away. You walk away from it all. Then what do you find? Well, while you might be away from all the manipulation and deception, all the pitfalls, you'll still, you've lost the thing that was good. So if you're in, a, in an institution or a church or something like that, and you leave because of some problems, well, you also lost fellowship. You lost the teachings. You lost the good things. If you're into science and technology and you, you, know, you uninstall the app and you delete the latest, greatest platform where everybody's at and you go somewhere else, well, now you don't have the superiority of that app. You don't have that great technology anymore. Now you're on some kind of other app. People don't really use it. It's some kind of like niche website. Um, and now you're not connected to the people you want to be connected to because they're not there. So what do you do? I think that's always the question I personally have had. Well, I've gone on different journeys and tried different things on both sides of the spectrum, on science and religion. And, and that's not, religion is a bad word. I know I keep using that word religion. That's I, I grew up Catholic, so that's what I'm talking about. Like that's we 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 ask these questions, but we have all these words already in place. We're taught this language. If we got rid of that language in 2021. And started now with the question of why are we here? What is the point of all this? And we don't default to, oh, well, this person said, or well, this is already written. Oh, well, this this is the the you know the the trendy app and the the trendy technology or the trendy trendy pill or the you know, what is if we just ask that question and say, Well, I wanna find out. I'm just gonna take my my personal first step. Trying to understand what is the point of all this, right? Maybe you can't find an answer to like the point of all this. But I think the question is, what is this life, right? Like, why are we here? That's, I think, a better question. Um, and even those words, those are English words. Those are words that I've heard asked before. Maybe that's not actually the question. If I try to look at this whole thing when I'm quiet, which is hard to do on the podcast, right? <laughs> when, but hopefully you get what I'm trying to say is that whole like when you're walking down like a woods or you're walking through a hallway of a building and you're not sure where you should go because you're not necessarily lost, but you don't know where you're going. And it's that, that you're listening to that part inside of you that's saying, maybe I should turn down this hall. Maybe we should go this way. And then you always end up where you end up. Right. Hopefully it's where you needed to go. You figure out how to get there. Maybe you bump into someone. Maybe you see a sign that says go this way. Right. And then you're there. If you're in the woods, you know, I don't know. Maybe you see a weird looking tree bent over and you think, oh, maybe someone walked this way. Or maybe you're listening for a sound and you you get your way out the woods eventually or something. Right. That there's no words. There's no there's no predefined roadmap. There's no 10 steps you know, to how to get out this situation. We do it all the time, but we don't talk about it in that kind of way, I don't think. 
what is that called? Maybe it's better we don't give it a name. Maybe that's that's the whole point, right? So how did I start the, this this journey today, right? So I had a dream. That's what we needed to get to. I had this crazy dream. I was somewhere outside or in a room. I don't know. And I was with my friend Pete. Now, Pete's important in this situation because he's like a spirit animal, right? In my head, right? I always say he's my guru, right? Pete's a friend. He's a lifelong friend. He's just a guy. He's a guy from the city. Growing up in the hood with me. Met him in Pensacola in high school, or Penn Tech. Um, just a guy, right? Just a guy like me. And over time, Pete has learned all these things. But let's, let's stick to the story. Having a dream. And I'm in a room with Pete. And Pete's talking to me. And he says, hey, you know, you know the guy who was beating up Iron Man? And the way he was saying it actually was like, hey, man. You know that guy that was like like slicing up Iron Man in like Iron Man Three. This is how Pete talks, right? At least to me. Like, man, that guy was like he was like cutting up. He's like his hand was like cutting through Iron Man suit in Iron Man Three. That's how Pete's saying it in the dream, right? And I, and I say, Guy Ritchie. He's like, yeah, Guy Ritchie. He's like, yeah, you know, do you know Tom Cruise adopted him? And I say, Guy, what? Tom Cruise adopted Guy Ritchie? He's like, yeah, Tom Cruise adopted Guy Ritchie yesterday you could like look it up or whatever and i'm like why i mean in the dream i remember i'm thinking like why would tom cruise adopt a grown man guy Ritchie? and i woke up and i woke up and it was such a real thing i felt like i knew it was a dream because i just woke up but i felt like peter i've never felt this way in my whole life i swear to god right i felt like peter was talking to me through the the universe or something, I was, I felt like literally my friend Pete was somewhere. Maybe his subconscious was talking to me. I've never felt that way, man. You, if you don't know me and you think this guy's a weirdo, I, I've never felt that way. I'm 36 years old. I've never said that to anyone. I've never had that kind of experience. I But this today, I was like, what the heck is, why are you telling me that Tom Cruise adopted Guy Ritchie yesterday? And it was so powerful. I picked up my phone and Googled Tom Cruise and Guy Ritchie. I Googled it. I swear. This is November 2nd, 2021, 6 a.m. I'm Googling Tom Cruise, Guy Ritchie, right? And I come across a story. And this is blowing my mind. And the story is how did, how did Tom Cruise saved lock, stock, and smoking barrels. Now, if you don't know, maybe you have been real, you realize so far in the story, Guy Ritchie's not in Iron Man 3. That is Guy Pierce, right? Now, it doesn't matter because it's a dream, right? And dreams aren't literal. I understand this. I have a, a, my lucid dream journal. I do this sometimes. And I'm not even really big into dreams. Like, I wanted to get into dreams, but I don't know how to, right? Like, I've tried this lucid dream journal. I have had one or two lucid dreams. I've tried to have them on purpose. So far, I don't think I've ever really had one on purpose. Maybe one time, kind of. Um, and I don't believe in dream interpretation and stuff. Again, people sometimes will hear this. Excuse me. And they'll go on a tangent, right? You're talking to a friend and they love dream interpretation. So then you say this and the conversation gets hijacked. And that's why it's better that we do this on the podcast. It gets hijacked by someone saying, "Oh, dream interpretation! Oh, this is so great! One time I like saw like a dog, and then, and then like you, you don't get to, you can't finish your journey. You can't say what you wanted to say because now, the other person is so excited about the thing they know 
they they want to pull you this way, and it, and it, it's not their fault. They're not being bad, right? It's just it's just people people communicate. And we share, and that's a great thing, right? I love that. But sometimes you got to listen. You got to follow through your thing all the way to the end. So back to the story, right? So Guy Ritchie directed a movie called Lock, Stock, and Smoking Barrels. And if you've never seen the movie, honestly, now that I think about it, I'm not sure i actually seen the movie. I love Snatch. Guy Ritchie, to me, is Snatch. I'm a huge fan of Snatch. He's a great, great director, in my opinion. He did Sherlock Holmes. Um, Guy Ritchie, he did um, Rock and Rolla. There's some other films he did. But he has a visual flair and a spectacle that, again, I, I say I'm the son of Robert Rodriguez, right? That's my film dad. Um, and I believe in spectacle. That also leads me to people like Michael Bay, um, who has lots of spectacle. And Guy Ritchie definitely is in that school of thought of, I'm going to put something on the screen. And through dialogue and sound and music and visuals, I'm going to blow your mind out, right? Right about the back of your head, right? Boom, like a shotgun. And I love that. That's how I want to direct. That's how I want to tell stories. So Guy Ritchie made a movie called Lock, Stock, Smoking Barrels. And... Apparently, he had some trouble getting it into theaters, and that launched his career and the career, I believe, of Jason Statham and some other actors, Um, and he was trying to get the movie into theaters, and they have a thing called an investor's meeting, like a screening, basically, where people will come in and decide if they want to invest and help this movie get to, you know, get a theatrical release, right? And how the story supposedly goes, and I read this once this morning, right, like an hour ago on Google. Um, he he gets the movie made, or no, he put he has the screening, and they don't think it's going to work out well. But he knows someone that knows Tom Cruise, like the person that I guess is helping him put together the screening might also be the agent or someone that knows Tom Cruise represents Tom Cruise in some kind of way. So Guy Guy Ritchie decides to ask this person, "Hey, can you call Tom Cruise and ask him if he'll come to the meeting?" That's a very random question that then ties back into my dream. And this happened, again, a long time ago. Guy Ritchie somewhere, I guess, in London. I think he's from London, right? Um, Or England, at least, or Europe. Um, Yeah, Guy Ritchie asks this person to ask Tom Cruise to come to this, this screening. And the person tells the person is, actors don't come to these screenings. This is for, like, mid-level producers um, people who might invest in your film. There's really no reason for Tom Cruise to be here, right? Even though actors do like eccentric things, like why would Tom Cruise be here? But this person asked Tom Cruise, major movie star Tom Cruise, to come to the screening of this movie, Lock, Stock, and Stoke, uh, Stoke, uh, Smoke and Barrels, and he shows up. He actually comes. And that's completely random, right? Like that doesn't happen, right? It's not something that's very common, at least, at least not until this point in when this article is written about this story. Tom Cruise shows up to this meeting, and the way they explain it was um, when he walks in, all the mid-level producers like look up and they like straighten up and start paying attention because they don't know why Tom Cruise walked into this really small theater, this small room. It's like a small room usually when they have these screenings. It's not like in a big theater or whatever. Uh, it's kind of like a projector screen or something. And they're all like wondering why obviously Tom Cruise is here. And they all start calling their bosses. So then, like, during this screening, other senior-level producers start showing up and walking in and grabbing a seat and stuff because Tom Cruise, for some reason, is in this room. And how the story goes, at the end of the meeting, Tom Cruise stands up and says, this is one of the best movies I've seen in years. You guys are crazy if you don't buy this, right? Paraphrasing. 
And Lock, Sock, Smoker Barrels makes it to theaters, launches a career, Guy Ritchie and all these other people. And we're lucky as fans because we get to see all these awesome movies. Now, that's the end of the story. I'm sitting there at 6.30 in the morning or 6 o'clock in the morning. I just had a dream where I'm pretty sure my friend spoke through me somehow through the universe directly and told me that Guy Ritchie, who was the villain of Iron Man 3, which is not true, <laughs> got adopted by Tom Cruise. And I woke up and Googled the story because it felt so real. And now I'm sitting there thinking, what in God's, why am I sitting here with this story at 6 a.m., right? What is going on right now? But I lean in. I lean into it. And through the Wim Hof experience, actually, which I've learned from my friend Peter, um, I learned about that concept, right? When you're doing your breathing um, and you're trying to get better at it, you know, it gets uncomfortable sometimes. It gets a little scary sometimes because you're kind of, in a way, doing some kind of controlled hyperventilating when you're doing the Wim Hof thing. Again, these are just words. I'm sorry if I'm not expressing this properly. It really needs to be experienced. But my best way I can put it into English words that you can hear is that it kind of feels like you're doing controlled hyperventilating, right? But you're not really hyperventilating. You'll be fine. But when you lean in, and I've learned this over the course, I think, of eight sessions. Um, well, I've had other sessions, but like eight official classes I think I've been to, maybe more at this point. I'm kind of losing count. Um, I've had some some great experiences when you lean in, right? And you say, I'm, I'm just going to go with this. Go with how that feeling. So knowing that, I was able to, in this moment, recognize I need to get up, get out of bed, go out the room right? Just got to go do something now, right? I don't need to be up till 8.30. But I was like, well, I need to figure out what this is all about, right? And I'll tell you what this is all about after this commercial break. <laughs> We're at the 22-minute mark. It's a good point to pause it here and to make sure we don't mess up the recording. Uh, I'll do a little, little commercial break and bring you guys back to what is this all about? And we're back. And that's a great example, right? You show up for the podcast, you hear about a dream, and then you get a commercial shoved in your face. I'm sorry. Got to pay the bills, right? And that's the point. Got to bring it back, right? Don't be too distracted by that. Um, that was just too funny, right? But that's what it was saying. So I get up at the bed, and I, I walk out into my living room. And it's still dark here. I'm on the East Coast. Winter is coming, right? It's uh, November 2nd. And luckily, it's still dark because I say to myself, you know what you need to do? You need to write this dream down, right? Because you don't understand what this is about yet. And I remember I have Lucid Dream Journal on my phone. So I go sit down in my computer chair and I say, I'm going to go, oh, I'm going to go launch the app and write down what this dream is about. It wasn't a lucid dream, but it also felt so real that I don't know. It felt like someone was talking to me. Again, someone might say, oh, that's actually called it this or that's called it that. doesn't matter to me. That Stop. We've got to stop doing that, right? Let's just move forward, right? So I sit down, pull up the app, and as I get to my app tray on my phone, I notice that next to that app, I have something called Luminate. And it's a little black icon with like a little white ring of light. And... I'm looking at this app because yesterday, actually, or the day before yesterday, I uninstalled a bunch of apps and moved a bunch of like video over to my SD card because I was running out of memory on my phone. And I had to decide whether or not to uninstall some apps that I maybe had downloaded and never tried or didn't really use. Some apps I've downloaded, like Canvas, for example. Um, I'll take a shot at Canvas here in this podcast because Canvas should be a great app. 
Um, but isn't a, su a subscription fee to it. And I'm so sick of apps that have these long subscriptions fees. But I do recommend that you subscribe to Luminate, right? <laughs> I'm going to get to that too. Canvas, but um, shots at them. Um, it's not saying that it's not worth the price. I just don't know why apps don't have more of a ability for you to use them. And then if you're some kind of pro-level user, then you might want to get into this larger you know, commitment or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I uninstalled Canvas because I don't know why they want me to pay all this money so I can do some Photoshopping or whatever to some social media pictures I do when there's a million free apps that you can use to, to help you get there, right? Um, or if you get something like you know Adobe Creative Cloud and you buy into their ecosystem, you get the access to like thousands and thousands of dollars worth of apps like Photoshop and Premiere, all this other stuff that you can get for a similar price, in my opinion at least. But I kept Luminate on my phone, and I'm sitting there looking at my lucid dream journal, and I see Luminate and say, I think I should open up Luminate. I don't know what it is. I swear. I swear to you. Don't know what it is, right? I'm sorry. I don't remember what the app is. Don't remember why I downloaded it. But I open it up, and it's saying, like, launch a session. And I'm like, okay. And there was a session there called, like, dream something. Right? I'm like, oh, okay. Let me do this. I'm just going down the path, right? Just going where I feel like I need to go. And I launch it and it says, hey, put on some headphones. I don't have any headphones on me, but I do have some noise-canceling headphones in my bedroom, right? So I go get those and come sit back. And it's like, sit in a dark space and put these headphones on and hit start. It's like five minutes or whatever, right? And I'm like, okay, let's do this. I have no idea what's going to happen. I hit start and this voice starts speaking to me and through the headphones, basically telling me to turn my phone around and took, take my flashlight on my phone. Don't, I don't want to turn it on or anything. Just hold your phone as if your flashlight is facing your eyes. And I'm sitting here in the dark. And then my son actually walked out at one point, and he, he didn't even see me. He's getting ready to go to school. I had explained to him, like, hey, I'm over here being weird, right? Just don't mind me. Um, and he laughed, right, because he couldn't see me in the dark. And I'm sitting here. I turn the flashlight to my face or whatever, and I'm wondering, like, what's going to happen? Right? Is this like, is, do I have to turn the flashlight on? Am I doing it wrong? Whatever. I'm in my own head. And the flashlight, the app turns the flashlight on, right? And it starts flashing in my eyes. My eyes are closed. Um, and I'm holding it about arm's length away from my face. And when your eyes are closed like that and something's flashing, you can see like someone's flashing a white light and it's your eyes are closed so it doesn't hurt. But you can tell like there's white light like flashing at you now, right? Um, and it guided me through the whole experience. So eventually they tell me like to move the phone closer to my face, breathe in and out, in, in through my nose, out through my mouth. And that's reminded me kind of Wim Hof. And they kind of basically tell me you're about to have uh, a hallucinogen experience, a uh, hallucinating experience. Don't know the right word to phrase it, um, but you're going to enter like a hallucinate, like a hallucinated state, basically. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I guess so. That's what we're doing. I don't know why we're doing this. And I also don't know if it's real. But in the demo, it explains, hey, this is how this works. Apparently, when you're in this situation, you and your your brain can't focus because it can't focus on anything else because that flashing light is bringing all the neurons in your brain to attention to focus on, hey, there's a flashing light in my face, and it doesn't hurt. But it becomes all-consuming because your ears are being, there's like a little bit of music playing, the soft music, so your ears are kind of closed out. You're kind of going into this bit of like a sensory deprivation kind of place, but you, you do have sensory, right? I, I understand. 
I've never got to experience it. But I understand when you go into a sensory deprivation chamber, my belief is typically it's completely dark and there is no sound or anything like that. And that might trigger some kind of a hallucinogen experience. I've never gotten to go and I will go. But um, maybe a Christmas present or something like that, right? Maybe I want to do that for Christmas or something like that. I want to go. Um, I just don't have the money yet to do that. But they're saying, the, the, the guide in the demo is explaining, this is what's going to happen, you know, keep breathing, you can move the flashlight closer to just a few centimeters from your eyes, and it doesn't hurt or anything. Um, they even explained it, you know, as bright as it seems, because it seems extremely bright, it seems all-consuming, like your whole brain can't, you can't think of anything else, because this light is flashing in your eyes for an extended period of time, I'm doing this for about three to five minutes, right, for the demo, um, also, all you're doing is you're breathing in and out, your ears are cut off from the outside world, basically, and you're doing this with your phone and some headphones, right? I'm sitting in a dark space in my room. I understand why you can't do this during the daytime, because you would see the regular light, too. It wouldn't be the contrast. They, the app explains the contrast is so severe. You're in the dark, and there's pure white lights flashing repeatedly in your face. The contrast, it just makes your brain have to focus on what's going on in front of you. So you can't, it's difficult to think too much, right? You, and if you're trying to focus too, obviously, it helps you not wander with your mind to kind of bring yourself to this present moment. And then your, your brain starts having some hallucinations, right? So if I'm in the complete dark and there's this white light flashing in my face and it, it's white, I can see that it's white. It's white for a very long period of time. Eventually, other, I start seeing other colors, right? I start seeing other colors, other patterns, other things start moving around. If I breathe, they get more intense, they get brighter. If I move the phone a little bit to left or right, or I move the, the phone back or forth and the light shifts a little bit, I might see a new color, a new pattern. Um, and it's it's pretty intense experience, right? So I won't describe Luminate anymore. Beyond that, you guys try it. Um, again, the demo's free. At the end of it, there was like, oh, you can subscribe for a year for 40 bucks, and I could add it to my T-Mobile bill, so I don't have to pay it right now. I was like, oh, I'm definitely doing that, right? So I instantly signed up. Now, that's messed up because I just took a shot at Canva, right, or Canvas or whatever, um, and I don't care, right? Because Luminate is a truly unique experience that I've never experienced. I never even heard of this idea. I never had a friend tell me I got my cell phone, my cell phone and my headphones. And went on some kind of psychological journey. That, that money, money can't pay for that. Like that, like that's for forty bucks for a year. That's the, one of the greatest values I've ever had, right? And afterwards, after I paid for it, I did do a real fifteen minute session, and I'm gonna get into that in a second too. So it it gets more. Um, but during the five minute demo, they say you know think about something or you know basically acknowledge a thought. So when a thought comes to you. You can acknowledge it. It's not like the kind of meditation where you're supposed to block everything out. This is supposed to help you see something, right? So it's like when something comes, you can contemplate it. Think about that thing, right? But don't be thinking about like, do I need to go get eggs? Like don't do that, right? But just breathe, calm down, get into this state. And then when something shows up, you know, you can acknowledge it and then decide what you want to do with it from there. Ask yourself a question, whatever, right? And I'm asking, obviously, what is, what is this whole morning about? What's going on? Right. And it says it's telling me keep going. Right. I thought all I'm feeling is like this. You have to just go. Just go. And I'm going to tie that into recently. I've discovered that I most likely have ADHD. I discovered it from a friend who recently was diagnosed with ADHD. 
And this has been an ongoing theme in my life for the last two or three years, right? I have other people in my family that was diagnosed with ADHD. And, um, and I had a weird experience a long time ago that I won't get into completely in the podcast right now, where I tried a pre-workout, they got banned because it had a methamphetamine substance in it. And when I took that, my brain responded to it dramatically to the point where I've tried every other pre-workout under the sun and it does nothing for me. It might wake me up in a pre-workout way, but that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that methamphetamine experience that I had with that banned pre-workout. So apparently, I find out through a counselor that I've seen, I saw one time, that um, the medication that used is commonly used, some of the medication is used for ADHD, sometimes has methamphetamine substances inside of it. Um, and I, I'm thinking, oh, this must be what I need, right? My brain responded so much that at pre-workout, if I had a full-on drug made out of that kind of stuff, who knows what my brain would do, right? Um, but I've never been able to get it, don't have insurance, still making that struggle, right? Sammy Ride a podcast and everything, right? Trying to make it to my goal. Didn't Wasn't able to really experience that whole thing yet. My friend is diagnosed. They tell me about it. I've been researching a lot about ADHD and finding other non-pharmaceutical methods in the meantime to help with it. And it has been helping. Learning um, how to focus better. Le- learning that really it's about regulating your attention. It's not that you don't have attention. It's the difficulty in regulating what you decide to give attention to at any given moment. And there's exercises like push-ups, basically, mental push-ups that you can do, um, figurative push-ups that you can do with your mind. Like if you have, if you're like trying to concentrate on something, every time that you want to drift, acknowledge, hey, I wanted to drift and pull yourself back and try to do that like 10 times, like push-ups. And eventually you'll get better at it. And I think that's true. I have been experiencing some better concentration recently after now that I'm aware of it. Um, and I haven't been diagnosed, but I'm treating myself as if I was diagnosed and attacking the problem. Um, and it's, it's 100% been helping and going in a better direction. So as I come back to the Luminate experience and going through this whole thing, I'm, I'm trying to go through this journey just saying, hey, let's move forward, right? So I switch over, I buy the actual app, I go do the whole 15-minute experience. And again, one of the first sessions is like um, contemplate a dream for 15 minutes, something like that, whatever. And I say, that's, that's literally what I'm here for, right? It's like the first thing on the app. So boom, I get into that. And then in my room, I go on a 15-minute experience, me breathing with this light flashing in my eyes for 15 minutes. And let me tell you, it was extremely powerful, right? I think I cried at one point. I've seen all these different colors and things. I'm telling you, there's nothing else that you should be spending money on. There's no reason not to try this thing, right? I mean, you got to do it in a dark room. Don't do it with your friends and family around. Don't be laughing and giggling. I'm, I mean, while I'm doing this, remind you, I'm looking for like the answers to the universe. I'm dead serious about this. So if you're doing it and it's a casual joking thing, I don't know if that, that matters, I do feel like when I have gone places, when I've gone to churches in the past, when I've gone to, you know, yoga studios or spiritual experiences, you know, um, whatever, there's always people sometimes, not always, but sometimes there's people in the room that are there for random reasons. I don't feel like they're there to really experience what they're, they're, they're like skeptics, right? They come, they're kind of putting their foot half in and you can tell like they're like, they don't want to be sold, Right. And I get that. I get not wanting to be taken and taken advantage of. We're jaded and we're, we're a little guarded, right? I'm at, I'm at the, I guess, an advantage because usually if I go to church, I'm going with family and friends. So there's already a little built-in trust there, right? If I go to some kind of 
holistic place. I'm going usually with my friend Peter and Ignite Senhada. Um, and you guys should definitely try them out. And if you're wondering how to do that, DM me and Sammy Rye will put you in touch with um, Ignite Sahada. And, um, or you can go to IgniteSahada.com if you learn how to spell it right. I never know how to spell it off the top of my head. Um, but I have it on the podcast. I have other episodes with Peter Reyes that you guys can check out. Um, but yeah, so I'm, when I'm going to these places, I know Pete. I know he's not there to scam me or something like that, right? So I'm, I'm completely trustworthy, uh, trusting him because he's trustworthy and I'm, going, I'm leaning in, right? So I understand people sometimes don't feel like they can do that. But in this situation with the Luminate thing, again, if you want to try it, you have to really want to try it. If you don't want to try it, don't try it. Go do whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter, right? It's not a big deal. Who cares? I mean that seriously. Like, I don't, no judgment from me, right? Because I, I think people sometimes feel too pressured or they do something. It'd be better to not try it at all than to try it half-hearted or joking around or thinking it's a gag. Because you're going to, if there's something there for you, you're going to miss it, right? It's not even worth it. So just don't go. Right, that's why I never understand why people try to pressure people into going to church. It's stupid. It doesn't matter. I don't see how it ever works. Right, because like, if you don't want to go, you don't want to go. If you're not coming here and you the whole time you're like, uh, I don't know, I don't know. I guess maybe there's sometimes people come and then they hear the message and maybe they put their guard down. But my experience trying to bring people to church, I think one person maybe has ever wanted to actually keep coming, and. That might be the case. Perhaps that's their thing. We'll invite a thousand people, and if one person comes, that's enough. Fair. That's fair, right? I can I can respect that. So maybe that's the case, right? Not, I mean, that's me just working through that thought right here on the podcast, right? So whatever. Um. So yeah, back to the Illuminate app, right? So I'm trying the app, and I basically get an answer to a lifelong question. Lifelong question being, let's say, let's say 20 years, right? I've always wondered how can I make a movie by myself. And that's the question I've had in general, right? I don't. I never understood how to make a movie by myself. I don't consider myself to be some kind of great actor or nothing like that. I'd rather make movies as a director with other people. But in my circumstances, for whatever reason, as I try to basically hitch my wagon to other trains, I'm not able to find a cabal of actors, right? A whole group of people who want to make movies, at least not where I'm currently sitting, right? At least maybe I need to get up and go find people, right? That's what it always sounds so easy. Um, and maybe it is easier than I make it out to be. But finances and different things dictate that it's a little difficult at this point in life to go and meet people on a regular basis and make those connections. And then when I have met people and invested lots of times, when those things fall apart, it's it's I waste years, right? There's, you learn from those experiences, but I'm too old, I feel like, to be experimenting for two or three years with someone and not have something to show for it. Um, it's almost, I feel like, at this point, irresponsible. I'm 36 years old. I have a family. I need to, I need to get something done, right? So with that being said, I have sometimes asked my question, well, like, well, can I film a movie by myself with what I have, right? Robert Rodriguez being my movie father, I like to always say, um, you know, he did what he did in Mexico with his camera and his friends, stuff like that. And he was able to pull that off and turn that into a mariachi, which then eventually led to him being able to make Desperado. Um, when I was younger, I did the same things. And my things that I made didn't lead that way. And that's fine, right? But um, everyone's journey is going to be different. But I've at this point said, well, now I learned all those lessons. I want to do it again. And I can't think. When I'm a spectacle director, I'm a guy like Guy Ritchie. I'm a guy like Robert Rodriguez. I want to blow some stuff up. I want to show you something in a crazy way. I want to have great actors, excuse me, great dialogue. I want to have these things. 
coming at you. I don't want to do something that's not interesting. Um, I hate movies that are non-interesting. I hate directors who don't respect your time. In this day and age, with so many great filmmakers and TV shows out there, and people are still making some generic vanilla movies under the premise of, oh, but it's art, so like you can't judge me. Mm-mm, I judge you. These movies are boring. There's so much stuff that gets on TV that has no production value. These actors are not exceptional. They're not trying their hardest. No one's going for it. They're not really, really trying to do something. It's just this, like, we had to make a movie. We needed a TV show, so we got some people in a room, and they made this movie in a TV show, and we all got paid, and now you're watching it, wasting your time. And I, I hate that. I, I, at this point, I hate it. It's 2021. So many great movies. Pre-Endgame, pre every single person should be making Endgame. Like, every movie you make, you better be swinging for the fences. And I mean that in the sense of, as an actor, if you're delivering your lines, I need to believe it. I need You should be trying to do this as if Iron Man is, is on his deathbed, right? Like, he... Everything needs to be at stake here. I'm so sick of like movies where um, everyone just doesn't feel like they're trying their hardest, right? I get the, the, the music doesn't feel like they're trying their hardest, right? The, the cameraman doesn't seem like he's trying his hardest. I love a TV show when I'm sitting there watching it, and for some reason, there's some cinematic flair, right? I'm like, ooh, the cinematographer is, is, is showing up today. I'll, I'll look at my wife and I'll say something like that. I'm like, look at that. Look where I put the camera. That's interesting. What show are we watching, right? And that's because that's what I'm looking for, right? Why aren't you trying harder? There's a million ideas out there. You see them on YouTube. You go out there and all these kids are trying a million things. And then I still turn on all these services. And there's so much stuff that is uninspired. End of rant. <laughs> so I see my whole movie. I see everything. It's me starring in a movie. It's uh, being shot with my phone because I can see it both ways. I see the movie and I see how that scene is being made. I see it simultaneously. And the whole thing starts coming to me during this Illuminate experience for 15 minutes. And it's not boring. And it's not dull. It's not generic. And the story is new. And I'm not going to give it all the way on the podcast. But that's something that during the experience, there is a guided voice telling you to ask yourself some questions and do some things. And one of the things it was like, why, what was stopping you from doing this? And I realized this whole morning was an example of just leaning into it, right? Just go. So that means that when I turn off the podcast, I am now going to open up my screenwriting program and start writing the script. Because that's something I don't do a lot. That's one of the things I realized is an issue. I sometimes will have an idea and I'll outline it to death. I'll notebook it to death. And it doesn't make it into a screenplay. And if you don't have the screenplay, you don't have the movie. As simple as that. I'll have an idea and I'll do some some concept art. I'll do some storyboarding. And then I don't have that beautiful, masterful picture that everyone would want, right? I don't have that movie poster. I don't have that, that comic book you could buy or at least a book cover that you can put on the website, right? Because I always will go to something else. And that's why I thought the ADHD was something I need to acknowledge or whatever. But really, once I started acknowledging the ADHD... I realize a lot of times when you're in these moments that are pulling your attention, it's just trying to, to the best of your mental ability, because it's really hard when you have ADHD. People don't understand. I understand now. Um, I know there's people out there who do understand, I guess. This, I don't know them. They're not my friends, um, except for Dominique, who's who does have ADHD. Um, but like you know that it's, it's difficult to just keep going, because there's so many great things in the world. There's so many things to pull your attention away. 
Um, but I realized that that's the biggest problem is just not going down the path that you need to go on. And until I'm able to get medication or try medication or whatever, I'm going to keep doing that. What I did this morning, just leaning in and going for that next thing. Yeah, I like, I like opened the fridge and I saw that I have a kombucha that I bought a few days ago, which I also learned from Pete. Um, and I recently been working out and stuff like that. Thanks to my friend, Mook, uh, Anthony Wheeler, who was on the podcast last week. And um, not thanks to him, but, you know, he I asked him for something and he did exactly what I asked him to do. Um, and it, it 100 percent helped. Right. And I knew in the moment I need to text Anthony Wheeler and ask him, hey, man, I need one of your I need one of your good, uh, you know, speeches. I need one, I need you to say the thing I need you to say right now. I know I never probably ever did that before our whole lives, because um, a lot of times I end up in my own head and I don't feel like bothering people. And I said it, and he wrote exactly what I needed to hear, and it was it was changing. It got me right back on track, and I'm right back where I needed to be. Um, where in the past, I never would have thought of that, right? And um, that's me leaning in. So I'm learning more into, you know, when you have those those things in your mind, those things that pop up, we need to lean in on our journey. You need to get rid of the judgment, stop feeling bad, stop, you know, persecuting yourself, um, and lean in and experience your day, experience your situation, because this is all coming to an end, and we don't know when our end is coming. Every day is a gift. And if you say, I hate that. I hate saying that at the end of the podcast. I hate myself just now for saying that. Because it's it's so cheap. It's such a cheap motto or phrase we throw around. It, but it's the best one. But it's also so cheap. Because recently when I thought my father was really sick, and hopefully yeah, I'm believing that's all going to be great, um, you know, when the way that he overcame it and the way he got out of it was nothing less than a miracle. And I've been having a really hard time saying that word. Um, I just said it because it's difficult to look at technology and science and spirituality and religion and all these things and try to acknowledge these things. When you give them these words, I know it's a miracle, but I don't like the word miracle. I have a problem with the word miracle. And it's not because I have a problem with God or the concept of God. I have a problem with all the people and institutions attached to God. And the fact that by giving them any credit and putting yourself in a situation where you have to listen to them, you compromise your journey. Because it's just all it takes is one person you walk up to saying, hey, come over here. Hey, come try this. Come do this. And they can pull you off your path for 10, 15, 20 years. And life is too short to keep on gambling with people and, and their, their stuff when you have a place that you need to go. And every single day you have is a gift. How can I waste 15, 20 years following some people's bull when, at the end of the day, I came here 15, 20 years ago because I'm trying to answer that question of, you know, why are we here? What's the point of all this? And, and finding out my human experience. So I... I it was nothing short of a miracle when my father was able to to recover and to get medical help and and do everything. That That is the best word, but I also don't like the word. And the same way I say every day is a gift, it's the best motto or the best slogan I could throw out there. But I don't like it because I know until you experience that, until you have someone close to you or you yourself have that situation that reminds you how mortal you are, you're not going to really feel it. I wish you could feel it. I wish that for you today on the podcast. I wish when I say everything is a gift, you don't just hear that one sentence and move on with your day. 
I really, really hope that we can stop and think of some other point in our life, there probably was one, where you were confronted with your mortality. And in that moment, you did realize every day was a gift. And then we got back to her being busy and it kind of got dull. And then we forgot every day was a gift. And then it didn't mean anything anymore. It became just a slogan, right? Something on a t-shirt. But there was a time, probably in your life, where you did remember that everything day was literally a gift. Um, today is a gift. If you're listening to this this morning, I hope you have a great day. And um, I hope that you can take 30 seconds or a minute or two, or if you can sit down somewhere, try something like the Luminate app or whatever to focus on yourself and your mental health and really just calibrate your day. Leave your house, not busy, not rushing to your next alarm, not trying to get to your next, you know, scheduled thing and just step out into the world knowing that you're supposed to be living your days following that journey, following that thing that um, that's pulling at you and not just getting distracted by every single other thing that gets pushed into your face, asking you to do a million things, trying to get your money, trying to get you to help, trying to get your time. Um, you know, just be, be on the lookout. Right, watch out for that stuff. Center yourself. Have a great time. And um yeah, we'll keep it moving next week on the podcast. I'll keep you guys updated. I wanted to mention that I did start a Patreon. Um I started a Discord channel. It is live, it is public now. Anyone can sign up. There is no price for the Patreon right now. I don't know if I'm gonna put a price on it or what I'm gonna do with that. I, I wanna have more that's worth buying before I try to put a price on it. But it's all available. Um, I think you can't get to any of the links. You have to DM me if you want the links to my Discord or my Patreon or whatever. Um, I will put them online at some point, but I'm still building the server for Discord, and I'm still I, – I know what I'm going to put on the Patreon, but I'm still creating content. I'm on TikTok. I am I am on TikTok now at Sammy, Sammy – I think Sammy underscore Rye. Um, that you can see that through my Instagram, so that I can get you to my TikTok if you can't find me. But I'll have links and all that stuff like that on SammyRide.com maybe in a few weeks or whatever. It's no rush. We're not we're not at, at full launch capacity yet. We're just building. We're building. We're going down that path, right? Thank you guys so much. If you listened this far, again, I hope this podcast brought value to your life. That's what I hope every podcast does. And, um, yeah, send me a message and reach out if you feel so compelled. If not, I'll see you when I see you, right? Sammy Rye out. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.